in the PR guy that was working there was like, actually, you know what? That's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, am I, the, and this was like Sunday. No, this is Monday afternoon. And I'm like, nobody has asked you this the entire time it packs. If there's any other way to play this. Alright, welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com, and uh, this is episode number 245, and I'm your host, Matt. Is this, this is really still 245? I'm Scott. And <laughs> I'm Ash. <laughs> I, feel like, I, mean, I feel like we've recorded... 245.5? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. V5, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, Scott's indeed. letting people into the into the the underside or whatever. Yeah, it happens. You know, sometimes you, you lose audio, or you lose a file, or something happens and you just do it all over again yeah dust yourself off but anyways um we're here to talk about pax this is our post pax wrap-up show um ash went to pax west this is episode 245 if you didn't listen to 244 that was actually our live from pax west 2016 episode um where ash went and talked with a whole bunch of people because matt and i didn't go and uh ash i think you did a really awesome job like i really enjoyed the episode Oh, thanks, super guys. Good. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, I actually Even all the don't, lies. Remember, <laughs> don't remember much of the experience at <laughs> yeah, this Yeah, you point. were sick. You were sick for most of it, but you soldiered soldiered through and got all, uh, I guess you took a bunch of Claritin and were on your way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I was going to say, even all the lies you spread about me, I was okay with them because the episode was fun. Yeah, the oh, episode. thanks, man. Oh, the HR, <laughs> HR de- who <laughs> who is silence. the HR department? Is that me? <laughs> well, you guys want to talk about some packs? Yeah. Let's do it. News. I guess I should start off by saying we had like a, an impromptu. I don't know if we're going to number it, but we did kind of have a nap, um, last minute nap, meaning the nerd appropriate pre packs party. I don't know if we actually want to count it as one, which would have been the eighth nerd appropriate pre packs party. But we did meet up with a with a bunch of uh, listeners and friends and uh, all sorts of fun folks before the event started, and that it was like a lot of people came out. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was uh, in a nice little location, sort of in like this this uh, more local part of town. It was close to where I went to dinner with uh, Matt last year, like a block away from that. That, Remember that place, Matt? No, the the place where we met Travis. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that yeah. that part of town. Uh, so Scott was there too, right? We all yeah, went. yeah, I was there for yes, the dinner. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. It's all a blur. Uh, yeah. but yeah, so it was that part of town. It was really, really fun. A lot of great people came out. So if you did come out to that, thank you so much. And then, uh, the next packs we go to, we'll probably throw a proper nap. And I think it'll be the ninth, the ninth nerd appropriate free packs party. Maybe it might uh, be so a napkin, was, if you will. It might be a napkin. Yeah. We'll see. The karaoke, karaoke Possibly. action. <laughs> which is great. Trying. <laughs> figure out that I N. Yeah. We'll I got to figure out the I N, but we'll get there. Uh, so the idea for this episode was just to kind of dig into some of the stuff that I saw and played at PAX that I didn't really get a chance to talk about with guests. And uh, really, the last two days I was there, I started to feel a bit better, and I ran around and played a whole bunch of stuff. And the the first one I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about, um, I actually waited a while to play, and that's uh, Ubisoft's For Honor. Have you guys seen anything about this yet? <laughs> we, I mean, yeah, only... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've seen... I've seen like, the videos from... <laughs> 
<laughs> you seem like you're really excited about this one. I uh, no, I I am, but I you know I think I share the same opinion that Matt shares, where it just kind of yeah. sounds like a bunch a bunch of people got in a room where we're like, wouldn't it be awesome, you know? But I, yeah. that being said, like it seems like it has a lot of promise, and uh, this is this is like Ubisoft's first fourteen uh, year old focus grouped game. Like yeah. they were just like <laughs> possibly. They gave a bunch of 14-year-olds, like, uh, Funyuns and Mountain Dew, and were just like, oh, all right, let's throw some ideas out. Let's start spitballing. <laughs> yeah. They were like, Vikings well, Sidebar about Funyuns for a minute. Um, one of the things I did eat out there, they have, you know Hawaii chips, how they only have those yeah. on the West Coast? Like the Maui no, ones? They, they have them over here. They don't have them in Florida. Right, I don't know well, if I got them in that. New York. Yeah, come to a they big city, boy. I know. But anyway, they, <laughs> oh, have, uh, they have the Hawaii chip uh funions in oh in wow Canada. and boy oh boy were those good for lonely nights alone in my hotel room <laughs> womp womp you guys want a chip alert chip alert chip alert you ready for this yeah yeah <laughs> there is um i think that's the dirty chips oh has yeah, a has a uh blue cheese buffalo chip what and it is incredible it is like my favorite chip of all time by far I also had a new dirty chip out there, uh, <laughs> literally dirty brand. All dirty chips, and it was uh, was red curry. Ooh, yeah. I actually, wait, did I have those once? I can't remember. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, they're really good. All right, next I, uh, week on Chipcast. <laughs> so that we was get our a sponsorship, man. That this was our review good. of For Honor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but honestly, For Honor. So yeah, I, I waited in line for uh, for a bit to play For Honor, and uh, they had all three playable factions: like the Vikings, the Samurai, and the uh, I guess Western European Knights playable. But they only had like one of these subclasses for, for each one, so it was sort of like the I guess the middle of the road class. Um, so I mean, the general premise of the game it, it is it is like sort of silly, right? You have you know all three of these factions like vying for control at different points in the map. And there's different, you know, NPC mobs that you can fight. Um, combat against the NPCs did feel really, and this is kind of sad. It kind of felt like very dynasty warriors. Sure. Um, uh, so when I was like fighting as NPCs, it was button smashy, right? But the combat against other opponents, which I was terrible at, um, was definitely a little bit more nuanced, uh, you had different ways that you could actually block. So using the different thumbsticks, you could actually move your sword to block in different directions. Right. And the same with your swings. So it was actually pretty precise. And you could parry based on you know, your timing with your blocks. And if you got good enough, you could like you know fend off different opponents from different sides and kind of you know uh, move around the battlefield like a, like a killing machine and, and do some really cool moves. I was not good at this game <clears throat> by any means. It was one of those things where they... they throw you next to a producer oh. and uh and the producer like has been doing this at this point for five days straight you know and he's, and like, he's like or something always and he was actually he was actually french uh ah. <laughs> and i'm not even exa- i wasn't gonna bring that up but it's funny you said that. <laughs> so he's french and he's like you know going through this memorized spiel that he said like yeah. literally a thousand times at this point he probably wants to murder you and yeah. like <laughs> and like you know eat your eyeballs and, and go home to his family yes. and so he you know really at this point isn't giving it his all <laughs> and i'm like failing miserably at playing the game and you know missing my attacks and missing all the timing and he wasn't really offering all that much help um <laughs> 
it, graphically it looks it looks cool i i was hoping for a little bit more depth the map that i played was just uh essentially there were three points that you had to control and there were two different factions that were attempting to control those points and a bunch of npcs would flood the different points and so you have these big battles and then uh you and your team would try and hold them and fend off the enemy waves and then enemy players would join in the fight as well so it just turned into like this big you know melee insanity right uh that felt that felt very i guess it felt chaotic to me mainly because i didn't really know what the heck i was doing right so i think that's where the chaos came from but did it 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 feel like you were in the middle of a battle or did it feel like it was dynasty warriors and you you were just kind of mowing through people i didn't feel like i was in the battle because the battlefields weren't all that large right the the one that i was in was the interior of a castle so all the stages were you know relatively small like you could get up on the ramparts and like kind of move around the sides and stuff like that but i don't know i just felt like it was very um i i don't know what what would draw me back to a game like that right like it is it's a competitive multiplayer game which already like i'm not the the hugest fan of competitive multiplayer games so i might not be the target audience right Mm -hmm. But also I was just kind of like, okay, well, there's all sorts of different like armor unlockables and everything like that. But I can't see me really getting into it unless I had like a huge group of people that ran together, uh, which would be great. Like if we could get like, you know, like 10 Vikings running together, like chopping up people and and going on Viking quests, that could be really awesome. But that's, you know, a really challenging thing to pull off these days. So, Um, so uh, yeah, so for honor, it was, it was good. Uh, played well, felt okay. It was still really early. Like it doesn't ship until like, I want to say February seventeenth of next year. Oh, that's so good. it's so yeah, we're a ways out. Um, huh. uh, which is you know again, like I said earlier in the the, the two forty four, it's weird when they bring demos for games that aren't coming out for a really long time because it's yeah. like Jesus, like you have a lot to work on, right? It's like pre pre alpha, um, you know, nowhere near future complete, just kind of. You know, I also I, wonder I, like I, how much sometimes I wonder if it's if it's really worth it because like how much developer effort do they have to put into just getting that demo ready right, you know right. which which really a in lot. the larger scale of things has nothing to do with the game coming out right like it's mm, it's right. just like they're trying to put together and patch up this one scene with these three characters just to make sure it works you know that people can play through it and, absolutely and right then you send like half your team out there you yeah. know to like stay you lose the game. It, yeah, you lose like six weeks of man time, like oh, man it hours. It's, <laughs> it's an insanely expensive. Like if you were to calculate, you know, how many people they took to to actually bring their packs demo to two packs, and and it would it would cost them, you know, hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, not oh, not yeah, counting yeah, the booth. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's crazy to think. You want about another? That. You want another fun fact from personal experience? When uh, demos like that go out, you also have to dedicate QA time to testing them as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, so not absolutely. not only are you taking away from your your team, you also need to like take away from the QA team that's supposed to be like making sure your game actually works. Right. Which is like kind of scary because now you're testing some other build of the game and then you have to go back to this other thing and uh that's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. So uh for honor, you know, check it out if you like hacking and slashing. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be many, many more reviews of this game and probably alphas and, and betas and stuff coming out pretty mm-hmm. soon on consoles. But uh, I wasn't blown away by it. Like I, I rushed to play it on my last day because it was one of the only really big AAA games that I was like kind of 
really on the fence about it. I didn't know how it was going to play. And right. in the end, it was just kind of like, oh, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next one I saw was uh, a really cool, I didn't get a chance to play it, but I watched people play it for quite a while and watched all the demos and talked to some of the people that worked there. But it was a VR game called Werewolves Within. Have you guys ever seen anything about this? No. No. Okay, so Werewolves Within is a really crazy VR party game where you have, uh, I want to say, six different people all with VR headsets on. Uh, so barrier to entry is like eighty thousand uh, dollars, but <laughs> but it is uh, super polished, and you it's uh, about a bunch of townsfolk in like the Middle Ages that are sitting around a table trying to figure out who is the werewolf. Oh, and okay. So Mm-hmm. You can actually put your headset on, and when you put your headset on, you become like a sort of a Pixar-esque uh, medieval towns person, right? And you look all kind of goofy and kind of super deformed. The art style is beautiful. It kind of looks like old like wood carvings uh, mixed with Pixar, so it's really like a really cool art style. Uh, but once one person puts their headset on, they realize that they are the werewolf. And the other people have to take turns to try and discover who the werewolf is through like, questions and answers and through different things that they can do with their characters. And the werewolf the whole time is trying to lie and, you know, and trying to pretend that he is not the werewolf. Uh, when the werewolf puts his VR headset on, he sees himself as a werewolf, but other people see him as a townsperson. So it's a really neat social game, and you can actually whisper to other people. So you can like, lean over w- with your VR headset on and like, whisper to them. Uh, through your microphone and only they'll be able to hear you so it has some really kind of unique mechanics to it um and i just thought it was really it was really pretty fascinating and i ended up asking uh one of the pr people like hey like so how do you play this at home uh is there any sort of online component to it so so you you wouldn't be able to have six VR headsets in a room. Everybody like, bring over their PCs and their headsets. Yeah, like it's just not something that's going to happen. And, and the PR guy that was working there was like, actually, you know what? That's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, am I? The, and this was like Sunday. No, this is Monday afternoon. And I'm like, nobody has asked you this the entire time at PAX if there's any other way to play uh, this. Uh, but they did not know. Uh, like if VR blinders, a, man. Like it's just like, no, everybody will. People won't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my first question was, how the hell are you going to be able yeah. to play this? Because it looks really fun. Like, I could see all of us, like, in a perfect world where we had, like, a VR chamber just having a, a ball with this game, right? Uh, but, you know, obviously it's something we're not going to be able to do. So, there is a, if you want to lower the barrier to entry about $75,000, there's a card game. That's what I was going to say. I thought you could just do this on a tabletop. <laughs> there's a card game called Werewolf that's the same right. concept. Yes, I think this is loosely based on that. Oh, and uh, <laughs> it only costs like $20, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, this this looked really cool. I thought it was a very you know innovative use of VR, which is why yeah, I wanted yeah. to bring it up. Um, and definitely, if you're interested in VR at all and some of the, the cool, quirky stuff, um, just do a Google, Google search for Werewolves Within and you'll kind of get a feel for what the game is all about. They had a really cool booth and it just was very stylized and really neat to check out. So... Check out that. It goes along with the stuff we've said, which is like the interesting stuff about VR. You know, like I don't know. We still none of us, I think, are one hundred percent convinced on VR ever. But like the thing is that it can do super interesting experiences, and the more people kind of push those boundaries and do stuff, it it kind of it becomes neater, right? Like it becomes more of a a concept. Like you and Nate talked about it a little bit with like 
it we feel like all we've really seen are sort of like tech demos over and over again in VR. Like it's just like you can hold a thing and like throw it, and you're like, oh, cool, <laughs> like neat, I guess. <laughs> but like the more people kind of push that stuff, like the whispering thing to somebody next to you, which really you could only pull off with like VR without having to do something in your controls, and right. you know that that stuff can be interesting. So that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about just for a minute with you guys, and I did talk about it in the last episode a little bit, was the Rick and Morty simulator from uh, Adult Swim. And uh, I just, once again, I could not get over how cool it was. Um, right. You know, it was my first time really using the Vive. And oh, okay. man, I really, like, I loved that so much more than the Oculus, personally, just because the hand controls right. made all the difference in the world. And it was so precise that uh, I just was really shocked. Like, there were all sorts of, like, really weird... In the Rick and Morty simulator, you basically get thrown into... Um, I'm assuming it is Morty is the kid. Morty's the and, kid, yeah. And Rick, Rick is, the is the, Rick is the doctor. So you get thrown into Rick's lab, and there's just, like a couple dozen different things you can play with in the lab that all do different things. So you can like pick up a laser gun and start shooting crap all around the room, which is really neat to look at. And I mentioned what I did with the bottles, but you can, um, like everything was just very, like it felt real and it felt very visceral. And I could see, you know, once that technology improves even further, like once we get to the level of photorealism and environments like that with the Vive, um, I could see it being almost scary like the, the, you know like the fact that you can pick up and manipulate an object and there's such little lag between what your hand is doing and in, in, in what's happening on the screen um you know i was like like i was joking but i was like flipping bottles you know like and yeah. actually catching them in real time um and that is just you know really fascinating that it works so uh if you have you know htc vive and, and definitely check out the rick and morty simulator it was really really fun to just mess around with i don't know how deep the game actually goes. I don't <laughs> like. <laughs> I got like a ten minute demo and was like smash stuff and ran around. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's kind but, of the weird. But it was really about, neat. That's the weird thing about VR is that it's being marketed to gamers, but there are very few games. They're just you know right, they call them right. experiences where it's like right. uh, maybe that's what gamers are supposed to do next. I guess is experience things instead of yeah. game. But we'll see. Yeah. Yep. I should the also next... say I was sick when I when I used it. Uh, so therefore, everyone <laughs> right. that used that headset after me is now dead. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. The next yeah. Sorry, uh, the guys. next thing on your list, I'm really interested in because I've you know played a couple of the uh, grasshopper games. So is there a new game called Let It Die? Is that what what this is? There is. Okay. Yeah, so there's a new Suda Fifty One Grasshopper. Uh, game coming out i want to say what they were saying in line is that it is a free-to-play uh action brawler and i got to play maybe 20 minutes of it okay um Mm. you start off as a naked man Uh i guess i should say um let let it die is you know from grasshopper and grasshopper did like no more heroes and uh yeah lollipop chainsaw lollipop chainsaw right yeah so it has that kind of quirky weird like almost like trauma vibe to it is the vibe i get from i, Suda I don't know how they continue to make games because they are so <laughs> like they're like awesomely bad and i think it's right. po- i just i'm convinced at some point people will stop buying them but apparently they just keep making games which is crazy yeah yeah so uh let it die is the new one you start off as a naked man and some sort of like fucked up amusement park type place um and the whole point is to to get out alive and there's like these like crazy like 
clown monster guys coming after you and you beat them up and you take their like I took like a chainsaw hand from one and like a bat from the other and you can like dual wield so then I was beating people with a bat and beating people with a chainsaw hand and uh, and then <laughs> and then guys with guns showed up and then I killed the guys with guns yep. and I took their guns mm-hmm. and then uh, a big fat monster showed up and I shot the monster with my gun yep I mean this <laughs> alright next game <laughs> this, this all yeah <laughs> You, you basically just described every single grasshopper game. You know what I mean? Like, they're all yeah, yeah. kind of on that uh, level. So, uh, I mean, honestly, like, uh, I had a fun time with this just because it was, like, literally, it was about as mindless of a, a gameplay experience as I, I could possibly have experienced, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I was just kind of running through and smashing stuff and hitting things with a bat. Ultra-violent, super, super stupid, right? But, um there was something kind of relaxing about it. Just like, Oh, I don't have to do anything. I can just hit the button, (laughs) you know, like, and then thing thing will happen after I hit button. It, Um, it almost (laughs) sounds, it almost sounds as if, um, pseudo 51 made like his version of mad world. You remember the platinum games, right? Uh, The black and white game for the Wii that, uh, Sega published called mad world, where it was like, you were loose in some, it was either like an amusement park or a city. It was almost like um, the Running Man, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. like game show style. And uh, Greg Proops this definitely was like had the that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Of the game they show. didn't yeah. really like. They didn't really tell me much about like why I was there or, you know, it was really a surreal experience. Like I waited in line underneath this giant like skull that had sunglasses on. Yes, it, it just had like "Let It Die" like written on the wall, and I'm like, I don't even know what this game is. And I waited there, and there's like a guy. <laughs> with like a, a little mini skateboard in a grim reaper costume that was just like skating around me, like looking at me, like not yep. saying anything. Uh-huh. And I'm just, <laughs> I was just like, am I going to get murdered when I go back here? Like <laughs> it was really fucking weird. Yeah. I'll tell uh, you, there's but, another, another hallmark of those games, which I always think is really kind of humorous is that there's always sort of a like over stereotyped, like American in the game. So it's like kind of like a Japanese, uh, you know, stereotype perception of an American person, right? Uh, Eating McDonald's and running around and 50 pounds overweight and stuff. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just like, you know, the, the guy's got a motorcycle jacket on, you know, I Uh, I can't, I think it was no more heroes. (laughs) Like like the the, weird 1950s version of America. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like in no more heroes, you would have to like, you'd go to the bathroom and that's how you save the game. So you'd flush the toilet and the game would save. It was like, it's just super weird shit like that. So yeah, Yeah. I guess, I don't know. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. but anyway, it, it was, it was enjoyable. I just thought I'd bring it up cause I knew, I remembered Scott, um, was sort of a fan of these games and, uh, it was an interesting experience. I honestly, I, I remember the one thing I do remember the skateboard and skeleton saying is that the game is free in some capacity. So, um, uh-huh. might want to look that up and see, which I probably should have done before we recorded, but see how it is coming out. But cool. Definitely check out, let it die. If you're into that sort of ultra violent brawler type stuff. Um, I did go to the Indie Mega Booth. I played a bunch of games. I'm not going to talk about all of them. I want to talk about one big standout that I really liked that I think you guys will like. And uh, I also want to know how you say this word. So, Scott, how do you say the name of this game? Chasm. Matt, how do you say it? Yeah, it's Chasm. Neither of you say Chasm? chasm? No. Oh, who says Chasm? <laughs> do you say Chasm? Cataclysm. No, I don't say Chasm. No, I, I was going to say, say like, you taught our youth, man. You can't say Chasm when you see this word. <laughs> uh, so Chasm, let's talk about Chasm. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, Chasm is, uh, it is as close to a modern Castlevania 
as you could probably get. And Sold. that's the vibe I got from it. I played yeah. it for about 20 minutes. It was incredibly challenging. Um, it had some platforming elements that were reminiscent of like Mega Man 2 level difficulty. So like disappear- disappearing platforms, but yeah. not in a, like obnoxious, just like like randomly generated way it was in more of a you know a very polished uh planned way right the art style was really pretty um it had a really cool uh system uh where you know a mana system for your secondary attack so you could pick up things like i think i i got like an explosive bomb and rather than having like a limited number the explosive bomb drained from my mana which i could then fill up by killing enemies Mm -hmm. or like finding a mana source yeah it's castle um very Castlevania, right? And you can definitely tell it's you know it's it's Metroidvania inspired, but um, it was it's made by a little studio called I want to say Discord Studios. Yeah, it's uh, and Discord games. Yeah. Discord games, yeah, Discord games. And man, like uh, there was a line of people to play it, and I waited, and I was like, I re- was really glad that I did, just because I can see myself plopping down in front of my PC with like a, a nice controller and actually like playing through this for for quite some time so if you're looking for a castlevania s game with a really sweet uh i want to you know i wouldn't say i guess it's 16 bit style yeah, yeah sort of it says or it's maybe it's like super nes style yeah, yeah. yeah super nes it says it's, it's procedurally more. generated or procedurally Is assembled it? if you will procedurally assembled okay because yeah. yeah. i was gonna say it didn't feel procedurally generated because when i ran through it um it was really complex but to the point where like it it wasn't a lot of times when you get procedurally generated, it's so complex that you're like, oh, this is just shit, like shoved yeah. into the you know mm-hmm. shoved into an algorithm. And this was not that. It felt it was very like well plotted, right? Well plotted and actually felt like it had like an artistic push to it, you know, yeah, um, so to speak. So that's cool though. Uh, yeah, I, I really didn't. I really did like it a lot. So if you are you know looking for that kind of stuff, check out Chasm. Uh, I don't know the release date. I want to say it's pretty soon. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, PC and PlayStation 4 currently. Okay, definitely. Check it out. Um, the other thing that I found kind of hidden that I didn't even know was there. Do you guys know anything about Battle Chasers Night War? Did you see anything about it? No, nope. I did not. Okay, so uh, for those of our listeners that don't know anything about Battle Chasers in the 90s, uh, my favorite comic book artist was this guy, Joe oh, Matarera. Oh, Battle Chasers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joe Matarera he did battle chasers which was a sort of a steampunk fantasy series that didn't last very long because mm-hmm. he got kind of upset with the way that things were being published and so he just quit it without ever finishing the story um and for fans of battle chasers and fans of joe Matarera, this was like the most crushing thing ever especially as like a teenager in the 90s like this beautiful comic book series which i urge you all to check out and um, and we never really got closure with it, like none of us did. So great characters, awesome world, just beautiful to look at. He did yeah. X-Men for a really long time. Yeah. And uh, last year, he went ahead and uh, started a Kickstarter to make a Battle Chasers game. It got successfully funded big time, and they actually had it playable on the show floor at PAX in like a little tiny booth in the corner with like two <laughs> units. Like Or like, I didn't even see it until the last day. I was like, holy shit, Battle Chasers Was it here. busy? I mean, this game looks amazing. It was not busy at all. That's, that's crazy, like, dude. I, I played. I played through the demo. I think two times. So I played it for almost you know thirty forty minutes. And uh, holy cow! If you were a fan at all of the old Final Fantasy games, meaning like Final Fantasy three, four, five, all the way up through Final Fantasy seven, uh, you will absolutely love the combat system in Battle Chasers Night War. It is. It is 
identical to those games. Yeah, so it's like, it it's looks like turn-based combat and then like sort of an isometric style view of the, the game world when you're roaming around. Is that what you saw? Exactly. Cool. It was exactly what it is. Nice. And, and so very reminiscent of seven final fantasy seven. Uh, the only difference I think is you actually see the enemies that you encounter before you actually go into the combat view. Mm-hmm. So you'll actually see like a representation of like a group of skeletons and you can choose to avoid them if you want. So you're not getting like the random encounters. Uh, but then you go ahead and fight, and holy cow, the fights are just great. You just you build up your super meter, you can execute your supers. Um, you know, it is all incredibly beautiful. Like there's uh, really, really gorgeous animations for all your your special moves. Yeah, this art is incredible in this game. It's really, really good. Yeah. So um, definitely, if you're into that sort of thing, which I I really think that a lot of our listeners probably loved final fantasy especially the early ones Mm -hmm. uh definitely check out battle chasers night war it is just really slick looking and and a a ton of fun uh, it was it was kickstarted and it made uh buku dollars in kickstarter but it's launching is it going to come to is it just uh, launching in december and it's launching pc xbox playstation everywhere sweet Um, but you can still buy you can still buy the game right now like in pre-order if you want to so nice and some of them come with the comics and all that kind of stuff so yeah, I think they're the whole basically the whole cast are playable. So um, I was actually playing as uh, Calibretto, the golem, uh, the big like steampunk mm-hmm. golem thing. And yeah, it was yeah. just uh, so awesome. And then you can play as a little girl with a gauntlet of ogre power, uh, Gully, and it just it just so much fun. And you know, if you're ever a fan of the series in the '90s, which a lot of our listeners probably were very young, but um, you you just kind of fell in love with these characters in a very brief amount of time. Uh, and to you know get to control them and play as them is sort of like a, a dream come true. So really cool. That's awesome. Um, I was just yeah. going to quickly add, like you finding this game is, uh, in my opinion, the reason why you, one of the reasons why you go to Apex right is to discover something that you didn't know about or find you know some indie game from a new studio that is just getting started. Um, right. Or, you know, or a game like this from something, you know, from your past, which is like really exciting because, you know, of course it's fun to play a game like for honor, you know, get hands on, uh, early in the process, but you know, games like battle chasers are going to be things that you can play soon. Or, you know, sometimes you find something that you can go home and download immediately, which like is right away. Too. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's really, it's really fun to kind of, you know, dig around on the show floor and then find something that is really surprising to you makes you oh, happy yeah. and get you excited to play games again so that's that's super cool yeah 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 you're absolutely right man and that's what kind of like I, w- I was joking with you guys when i was out there but it was like really depressing for me because like there were two days when i was out there where i was like i felt too sick to like really do much of anything and i was like my favorite thing is to walk around and look for stuff that i haven't really heard of and i didn't mm-hmm. really get a chance to do that until my last day um just because i was finally like okay i'm not gonna like you know plague the world at this point uh <laughs> so so it was uh you know that was it was kind of a bummer but at the same point i did get a chance to see some some cool stuff um the last thing i'm gonna talk about is uh, a mobile game and i talked about this briefly with nate in the last episode but i did want to talk about it again because i think it is something really cool um you know we have talked about a sort of um text-based games in the past mm-hmm. and tunnels and trolls is sort of that and it's it's based on the old uh, pen and paper game tunnels and trolls that was uh, available in the 1970s <laughs> and so they actually did a mobile version of tunnels and trolls um, 
where you actually roll your dice and you roll up your character and you go through an incredibly challenging dungeon on your phone, which is a perfect game for planes and for commuting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for, you know, just the, the, I, I have a hard time because I, you know, I travel a handful of times a year. I don't want to say a lot, but I travel a decent amount. And um, I always have a hard time finding like good mobile games. Like yeah. we talked about the same mobile games. Like I was playing um, out what there. The hell? FTL. I was playing. I played out there on the plane. I didn't play FTL this time. Uh, I played uh, Combo Crew. Oh yeah, Combo I played Crew. Combo Crew on the plane. That's incredible. <laughs> and I had people around me like, "What is this?" And I was like, "This is Combo Crew." Yeah, Combo Crew is uh, amazing. Yeah, it is. And like you know, um, it's hard for me to find good mobile games, and because honestly, a lot of them are just kind of you know trashy. And so when a good one comes out, you, you kind of want to cling to it. Um, like Kingdom Rush, dude, I'm such a huge fan. I, mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the new Kingdom Rush. Yeah, that's quality, yeah. Uh, but Tunnels and Trolls uh, is available, I want to say, early next year if you're into RPGs. Um, I think it has a lot of depth. I think you could spend a lot of time with this. And I think it's it's a good thing to do on your mobile device, um, you know, that it's mainly going to be text-based with some, uh, some old-fashioned uh, line art in there as well. But I thought it was pretty cool. I did like it. So check that out. Is that available now or soon or I want to say it's available soon. They, they were not um, showing off everything. So I want to say it's fully available next year. Oh, cool. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that was it, man. I mean, there was obviously a lot of other stuff I kind of clunked around with, but I just made a quick list of, some uh, some standout type stuff, and uh, you know I can't. I saw wait. you can't actually swung. Them. You actually swung through the tabletop area this time. I did. I went through. I did. I went through tabletop. Uh, I kind of like floated around like a germ specter all over the place, uh, <laughs> just touching as many people as I could. I, I don't uh, no, know. If, I don't know if Scott will agree with me here, but this honestly sounds like the most Scott and Matt you've ever done packs in your life. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we weren't there and you're like i have to float around and just see random things and go through tabletop and be yeah. sort of sick and and tired <laughs> yeah you kind of did yeah, that part was, for us yeah it was pretty accurate yeah no it was weird not having you guys there let's let's not do that again yeah yeah oh I, like honestly i regretted missing it just because seattle is one of my favorite cities in the country so i was like oh i love going to seattle but you know cards didn't yeah. fall in the right order this time so we will be next, there next time year. next Thanks time yeah cool well let's uh let's wrap things up uh thank you guys for listening to episode 245 of the rated na podcast we very much appreciate it um big thanks to everyone that i saw out at pax it was awesome seeing all you guys you can follow us on twitter and that's at nerd appropriate you can email us all directly and that's matt scott or ash nerdappropriate.com or if you have a general question you can send it to nerds at nerdappropriate.com we have a facebook page a twitch tv page uh and we have an instagram which we actually used a little bit. You posted it was photos. weird. That's awesome. It was weird. Uh, so that's all Look slash appropriate. I did things. You know. So proud of you. Can you I know. I'm, yeah. I'm learning. I'm impressed. Next thing, I'll, I'll be Snapchatting pretty soon. Oh, geez. Like all, like all the cool kids. I can help. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah. Bye.
we'll we'll try not to make that happen. Oh yeah. We'll, uh, you know, it was sort of a miracle. I was telling my wife when I was out there though that no one was with me because there was I spent like literally half the time like on the bed in the hotel, like in my underwear, just like writhing in like a disgusting pit. So if anyone was there with me, it would have been like the worst experience ever for them. I would, I would <laughs> yeah. have cradled you. Don't. Worry. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. 